So yeah, welcome to Bar Talks. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to think of what to say. I'm like, oh wait, yeah, we just start it. Yeah, yeah, just welcome to our next episode of Bar Talks. Yeah, this is week three now. Yeah, this is going to be week three. We still have a lot of goodies in the bag, though, that we're ready to present to you guys a little later on down the line. Oh, yeah. The, um, but dr- yeah. Drunken Idiot Sausage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we definitely have some pocket uh, Drunken Idiot episodes that we're really, really excited for you guys to listen to. Uh, it, it is definitely just Drunken Idiot's banter, kind of what you would see in a bar. Yeah. Bar talks. Uh, so those episodes definitely encompass what our name is. Uh, but this week, we're just going to go over a few things this week. Um, of course, we're going to have our bar news as usual. Uh, we'll also be going over uh, a drinker's corner this week. I think this week we decided to taste a few different wines. We got a few different wines. I think we settled on one, which mm-hmm. is actually owned by a musician, which we'll get into later, which is kind of cool. Absolutely. One of my favorite musicians, if not my favorite. I, I believe it is your absolute <laughs> favorite. I, def- uh, I definitely have a tattoo on my arm for this say, band. You, you wear that memorabilia daily. I'm wearing uh, one shirt right now, yeah. usually my hat, but I'm wearing a different hat today and the tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so we'll definitely get into a little later. And then we're really excited to have a guest speaker come on later on this afternoon um, about for our new segment that we haven't introduced you guys yet. It's going to be uh, Slingers, mm-hmm. the Slingers of uh, Nashville. We're going to have a great bartender who's been in the business and industry for a very long time come in and discuss with us and get a little bit more of a bio information on her, yeah. um, her work history, and just kind of what Nashville bartending is like from her perspective. Yeah. And she she's worked all over the country florida georgia alabama yeah tennessee everywhere and she's uh she's a riot oh yeah yeah she she is definitely a trip <laughs> yeah you'll definitely like some of her stories yeah she's she's hilarious uh, so we'll have her on just a little later on this afternoon but uh let's decided to go ahead and start this first segment off with a little bit of bar news last episode we kind of explained how our area the metro nashville davidson county area has gone back and we've done a revamp of phase two Yep. Uh, with the COVID scare that's been out there currently in uh, in the world, in the media, we've decided to take everything a step back to try to prevent this thing from getting worse and spreading. As you've seen, probably, of course, all over the news, that cases all over the country have started to spike in different locations. Uh, we're not uh, subtracted from that. We definitely have cases and they're definitely starting to spike again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we went and went over that. Uh, so last Friday... Uh, let me get the actual date on that. But last Friday, um, should have been the 3rd, July 3rd, Yeah, we uh, was the initial rollout of the revamp of Phase 2. Yeah, And the main thing we spoke on that was going to be that all bars and the area were, was going to have to shut back down. They're going to stay closed for 14 days. Yeah, any limited service restaurant, which dictates how much food versus alcohol sales you have. If you have more than 50% food sales then you're considered a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Anything below 50%, you're a limited service restaurant, which is a bar. Absolutely. Uh, I believe I believe that's how it all shakes out on that. Uh, so there were definitely going to be bars, which now we'll preface this right here because we've got a little story that we're going to talk about that's uh, hit the news outlet of what happened over this weekend because it was going to be really difficult. You're rolling out a revamp phase two. You're mandating everyone to wear a face mask out in public. You're shutting down bars for 14 days. On the 4th of July weekend. Yeah, and within almost less than 24 hours notice. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a very short notice. I, I would say it was probably a little bit more than 24 hours. I think the story originally hit um, like a Wednesday. 
Yeah, they uh, voted on Thursday. Yeah, though. yeah, they voted on Thursday, so it finally got passed. So it was pretty much like, hey, you guys can do what you can do tonight, but after that, you need to shut back down. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a very, very, very bad timing. Uh, but I mean, no one can control this because this is just the pandemic that's hitting everybody. So for it to hit us on the Fourth of July weekend was definitely very, very difficult. Uh, a lot of these bars have been shut down previously mm-hmm. due to COVID. Uh, they have not been reopened for terribly too long. What would we say? Maybe a month? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe a month and a half. Yeah, so I would say anywhere from four to six weeks. The bars have... Because we opened back up on May 11th. May 11th. Okay, so yeah, we're looking at about six weeks. Yeah. Um, six weeks of the bars being able to be back open, uh, try to recoup some of the loss that they had, uh, and just try to bring in some type of a profit. And then to take what would be one of their busiest days out of the year and shut the bars down, which we were already going to be looking at probably a lower percentage of business sales as it was anyway, because they also canceled the fireworks show. Yeah, they did cancel the fireworks. And the way the fireworks works here in Nashville is that uh, we have uh, a riverfront and they shoot the fireworks from the riverfront. But all the bars that are pretty much on Second Avenue and Broadway that have roof access, which the vast majority of them do. A lot of them, yeah. You can see it. I mean, you're pretty much right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they decided to cancel it because every year people travel downtown Nashville, get on the riverfront, picnics, have a, make a whole day out of it. Yeah. And, and there's just no le- way. At least like 100,000 people. Hey, absolutely. And there was just no way for us to be able to social distance in that type of uh, environment. Uh, so it was going to be difficult. When you're looking at bars who are going to be able to you know, double the profit they would typically make on a normal Saturday on 4th of July, just lose that business. Yeah. But the story we have coming out today is that not all of those bars actually followed that mandate. I think there was a list of four different bars. Yeah, there's four main ones. Yeah. yeah. Four main ones that decided not to follow the mandate, stayed open for 4th of July, even though there wasn't any fireworks, uh, decided to stay open and still run business as usual. Now, of course, the health department showed up, had a conversation with them. They agreed to shut down. But I, I think for me, the hardest part was why does it take your mom coming in to tell you to clean your room when you already know you're supposed to clean your room? Right. If the mandate's already been put out there and every other bar, even the mom and pop places that definitely cannot survive being shut down for two weeks, follows the mandate, it's really hard for me to wrap my brain around four big name bars. Just, I mean, saying just, you know, screw the system, essentially. Mm-hmm. And with them, like, it's it's like a Class C misdemeanor now if you're not wearing your mask. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get caught in public not wearing a mask. And at least, like, a $20,000 fine for those bars downtown. Oh, yeah. I'm sure those bars are going to face a, a major fine. I haven't seen any reporting as of yet. Yeah, I don't know of... what, what the actual number was. But even then... I think a lot of their mentality behind it is, well, 20000 we can make that up in four hours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like, well, let's just pay the fine and stay open. But that, that, that to me, that, that doesn't, doesn't help doesn't anything. make sense, though. It still doesn't make sense because, let's say you had a stellar day. Stellar day. And some of those bars, when everything's fully open and going, absolutely, they can easily make probably 60 grand between a weekend. Mm-hmm. I would say between a, a Thursday and a Sunday, they could probably make close to 60 grand. Why would you why would you take that hit though? Right. I mean, you guys may have been open and you may have said, "Hey, if we're the only place that's open on this like on the strip right now, this is where everybody's going to come through. We're mm-hmm. probably going to show a hell of a lot more profit than we typically would, but we're still going to lose 
if it's that number, if it's twenty thousand dollars, or however much money the fine is going to be, that's a that's a fine that you're going to have to pay. Yeah, and you're just biting into that profit. And you can also lose your health permit, which means no booze, no food, nothing. Yeah, I mean it so, means your doors are shut down. Yeah. Um, which I think to me it just wasn't a smart move. I understand why they did it. I understand the mentality behind it. I understand the dollar sign that was shining them. I mean, I, I totally get that part of it. Uh, but to me, it almost seemed and showed as if you cared more about your profit of what you can bring in that day than you did about the public's healthy, yeah. uh, public's health um, and safety. Uh, it, to me, it just didn't make sense. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing because, like I said, these aren't like small-name bars. I believe at least one of them is, is named – actually, two of them are named after country music artists. Three of them. Three of them. FGL. Yeah. So, I mean, you have, you have three bars that are named after – you know, famous country music artists, they they're not hurting for as much money as your mom and pop places down the street are. Yeah, they're not hurting for money for your local bars that have been open for the last fifty years and been running on bare minimum the entire time. Mm-hmm. But if those places feel as if it is necessary and it's a mandate that they need to shut down, I I just don't understand where you get off or thinking that it's going to hurt you so bad that you can't. Right, and the, like the little small mom and pop places, there's a bar that we've been to. A number of times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever been there with you, though. Let's start with a P? Uh, no. Start with a V? Yeah. No, we have never been there together. Um, But it is another dark bar and definitely doesn't sell any food if... Or little food. Yeah, if I would say very little food. Um, I, I've never had anything to eat out of there. It just seems so small that I don't see how they even have a kitchen in there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't um, know where the but they, is. I'm sure they probably do. Uh, but I, this definitely, there's no way that their food sales are 50% of their business. Yeah. And they don't even have liquor. They're just beer. Yeah. They're, they're just beer and darts, which don't get me wrong. It's, the place is great. It's a staple here in our town. We love it. We go, we used to go there a lot. I don't know what they did this weekend. Um, I don't know, but I know they're open today. They have a blind draw today. Yeah. And see, that's just another thing. I I don't see how you're doing that. I don't see why you would run the risk of being permanently shut down. At least I don't know the rules. I don't know if the health department is just coming by and saying no, 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 and waving their finger and saying don't do this again and walking out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know uh, because they even advertised it on Facebook. Yeah. So they're obviously either don't care or they know something we don't. I I, I don't I don't know how they're going about that. Um, I, at the same time, I don't know what they're actually classified as. But I'm pretty sure it's just a bar. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, that's a small place that, you know, I definitely know that they don't have just, you know, a pot of gold sitting at the house just to dip into anytime they need to take care of funds. They, they're they running on a day-to-day basis. And this is yeah. definitely doing something like a blind draw is one of their biggest, you know, money makers in there because yeah. uh, uh, it brings you, in people. Can you explain what a blind draw is? So oh, yeah. Okay. So a blind draw is a – is a tournament style uh, in darts. Um, and all it is is that you, um, whatever location is holding a blind draw, um, you get there, everybody kind of puts their name in a hat, or some people have different systems, but you get set up randomly with a totally different partner. Mm-hmm. So you have no idea who you're playing with, but you know you're about to play darts. Uh, and you're playing, I would say, the two most staple games in darts. You're playing uh, cricket and you're playing a one. Mm-hmm. And it's just a tournament style. Whatever team progresses, they move on to the next tier. Um, and then there's a pot. There's pretty much just a, it's, it's not gambling, kind of gambling, but not gambling. Um, I don't think it's considered gambling, 
but everybody kind of puts their money in a pot, you know, say, hey, the buy-in, which is how much it's going to cost you to start playing the game, uh, say the buy-in's $5. Mm -hmm. All right, well, it's $5 a head, you get 50 people in there, you're looking at some good money. Whoever wins at the end, who finishes first place, takes that pot of money, and they divide it between the two of them, and that's what they make. Yeah. And also, if the pot came all the way up to $500, you know, me and you were playing, we finished the tournament, we won, we both get 250 yeah, and that's pretty much what a blind draw is. Yeah, so it's a, it's a it's a tournament style like sporting event. Yes, so absolutely. Having all those and plus this place is not that big. No, no, this this place we're talking about is is built like a shotgun style house. And if anybody doesn't really know what that means, um, it's skinny and long. It goes straight back. Like yeah. you're walking through the front door. Like if this was a home. The front door would be the living room, the and it would be just a straight, long shot towards, like, kitchen, bedroom, bedroom, bathroom, straight I, back. I'd be very surprised if their maximum capacity was more than 100 people. I'd be very surprised if there's actual an actual fire exit there, because I've never seen one. I mean, there is a door. Well, there's a door back by the bathroom, but that just might be another bathroom or a storage closet. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have not. I haven't, like... Typically, I scope out places, but I've never scoped that one out and realized, like, what well, is the quickest way to get out of here? Because if it's a straight shot all the way to the front door, it's going to suck. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know how they're doing it. I'm sure that we'll probably hear in the coming news uh, of several other places that are also doing the exact same thing. They're still operating under this mandate. Now, mm -hmm. this mandate, just for the bars to shut down, is something that's just unique to us here in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, now, the mask mandate has started to spread like wildfire. Yeah. Um, Earlier today, it was in Williamson County, which is like the Franklin area. Before I left work this afternoon and came to the studio, uh, it was also in Sumner County, which is actually where I work. Um, so this thing started to really spread where people are starting to actually mandate in certain counties that you wear a mask if you go out in public, period. Mm -hmm. um, well, and I think that there are going to be fines attached to those yeah. as well. I think a lot more bartenders are, and servers and restaurants and everyone are... Being a little bit better about wearing a mask while you're working. Well, I think that it's still mandated. It's still mandated, yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's still mandated. But um, it, it was mandated for the first three phases to begin with. Yes. And a lot of people weren't doing it anyway. No, no. Um, I, I think this is a scare that's going to get at least bar and bar owners and uh, bartenders and restaurant owners more of an insight of like, hey, we could easily get shut down again if we don't start following these rules and regulations. Yeah. Um, and one kind of interesting aspect is, especially not wearing a mask, and you brought this up earlier, is mm -hmm. with the pedal taverns. Yes. That was a, that's the second part of the, the bar news really had was, uh, so this weekend, though, bars were supposed to shut down, and we just kind of spoke on how there were select few that decided to stay operational. There's really no way from what research I've done to kind of mandate the pedal taverns to stop. This actually came from another story that I saw uh, that came through today, and it was from a couple who actually kind of reported this thing. Uh, there was a couple from out of state, and they came into Nashville, and they realized that there were all these pedal taverns, all these people pretty much being pulled on by a tractor, hooked up to a trailer with, you know, 20-plus people on this thing, and they're going out and they're drinking and everything. And so I believe the story following goes through is that they were told any of the pedal taverns or any in, uh, entertainment bus, mm -hmm. you know, so like your party bus, your pedal taverns, yeah, or, your or heck, convertible school buses that exactly. they turn into a, a bar. Exactly. You know, all those things, they were told that they needed to keep their capacity, their max capacity at 25 people. 
I don't see how you're going to get 25 people on the back of a trailer and keep them social distance, but okay. Um, and they didn't want them to open it up to the public. It had to be reservations only. And the hopes that even if you have 25 people on this thing, they're all with the same group. Hopefully, they've all made sure with each other that they don't have it mm -hmm. before they decide to come along with this. Once again, to me, that's just delving into hoping that people are going to be responsible. And I think as history has shown, people cannot be trusted to be responsible. Right. So that thing was going around and it was going around downtown Nashville. And it, yeah, of course, it has scores of people on it. I'm sure they rolled out a few different ones of people just saying, hey, we want to get out this weekend. We can't go to a bar, but we can grab a paddle tavern and or get on the back of this trailer with a roof over it and go ride around downtown Nashville and still get drunk. Why not? Sure. I can mention for it. If you think it's, if it's a good time, it's a good time. If you want to get out the house and make sure you can still have a good time and enjoy your 4th of July weekend, I'm not going to bark at you any bit of it. I just don't see how it's going to fall into the regulations. So I think this couple has saw this, and uh, they were visiting from Minnesota. Okay. They were visiting from Minnesota. So they, they oh, felt— Oh, Minnesota. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the the wife in the party definitely felt like it was unsafe. And, you know, in her mind, she even says, like, as long as you're with the same people you've been with, that's okay. But if it's with new people, then you're just going to possibly keep it spreading, keep spreading it, yeah. which, of course. And even then, I would go a step further. Even if it is with the same people you've been with all day, how honest are all the people you're with? It's going to let you know that they didn't go around somewhere else last night or yeah. before they met up with you guys here. Or if somebody's in a party with you, you don't know where these people are leaving after this. It's not like these people are saying, hey, we're going to do this. Everybody stay quarantined for 14 days before we meet up for this event. Especially if they all flew into town from different places. Yeah, we. that's the thing. We don't know where these reservations came from. Mm -hmm. You know, if these were people who were taking reservations, they could have came from California. They could have came from New York. We don't know. Yeah. You know, they could have drove down here. We don't know where these people came from, but they decided to still run the, the tavern and everything like that and still have people on there, which, like I said— if you're not mandated to do it, if the health department comes by and says, yes, you can still operate, you just need to have no more than 25 people on this thing, great. But an actual um, note came from Metro's Transportation and Licensing Commissioner Director, uh, Billy Fields. Uh, and I actually enjoy his his uh, take on it. I believe his words were pretty much, if it was my choice or if I knew about it and it was a way that I could mandate and do something, I would not allow it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just too much of a risk. You're really relying on people to be honest. And that's a real big stretch you're going to have to get to get everybody to be honest and be on the same page to make sure that everybody's practicing safe habits. Now, of course, there were mandates they had to do, make sure the thing was clean, um, you know, they had to spray it down, mm -hmm. disinfect everything. Yeah, clean everything. I mean, that's just something, honestly, something I hope they would do anyway right. between pickups, whatever. But it actually kind of came down where they found a loophole. And so, yeah, they were told to uh, limit capacity to under 25 people and to book private parties only. Um, and they spend about 30 minutes cleaning and sanitizing after each run, which is great. But the thing is, I believe as far as it goes with the commission and regulating this thing, uh, Mr. Fields says anything that goes more passengers, that's got more passengers than 14 passengers and a driver, Anything bigger or larger than that is outside of anything they can regulate. Yeah. So uh, it almost seems as if that if you're if you're operating a vehicle that can have or has more than fourteen people, including the driver, or fourteen people plus the driver, they can't say anything to you. Mm -hmm. They they well, can't regulate that because they have a driver and a bartender on board. Yeah. And they don't even have a liquor license, so it's not. 
there's no way to mandate anything. Exactly. Like, unless you just say straight up pedal taverns can't do exactly can't and then but you would have to find some type of legal loophole to be able to say that they can't since you can't issue them a license so it's, it's just another one of those gray areas that has fallen upon us that i'm sure something's going to change mm-hmm. i'm sure that within within this phase two that's supposed to last 14 days there's going to be some new regulation and rules put into place that's going to start encompassing some of those outside entities that have not been regulated since right um, but you have to, you have to, I just, it, it doesn't make sense because of course, now you have to look at it from the aspect or the eyesight as one of those bar owners that had to shut down their bar. If your bar shut down, you're just sitting in a front window. Like I got to shut the place down. We can't have any customers. And then you see, you know, five trailers or five tractors hauling trailers with 20 plus people on them all getting drunk and drinking. You're thinking, well, how the hell is this fair? Right. How, how is this working? Is because they're not in an enclosed environment. It's because they're not in a building where this thing could easily spread easier between the congestion and the amount of people you have in it. There's there's needs to be a little bit more regulation and more, um, more clarity on what is really accepted and what is not accepted. Yeah, and hopefully we'll find that on the next couple of days or hopefully in the next week or so. Yeah, absolutely. Because if if that's the case, I would recommend that every small bar owner. Go get you a tractor, go get you a trailer, <laughs> and get you a couple coolers and fill them up with six packs and run that bad boy all around your neighbor, ring around your neighborhood, mm-hmm. your your local bar, your local bar, run around that whole neighborhood with that tractor. Or what just, can they say to you? Or he'll just put it in the parking lot. There just you go. Park what, it. what according to this and the way I see it, you can't they can't regulate it. They can't tell you no. Yeah. Find that loophole. So this is not necessarily a me, sh- you know, showing disdain towards the pedal taverns or anybody who had a tractor hooked up to a trailer. Hey, you found a way to work it, work it. If yeah. you found a way to beat the system, go out there, beat the system, make the money you can make. Is it safe for public health? Probably not. But if they can't tell you you can't do it, well, damn it, do it. Yeah. Uh, I think this definitely falls under that preview of uh, I'll ask for forgiveness before I ask for permission. Yeah. And I think this is what they're kind of running with right here. Ah, I think that might have been what the bars tried to run with too, but Well, that's that's about all the bar news we got this yeah, that's, week. Yeah, I believe that's about all the bar news we've got uh as of yet. I'm sure we'll have a lot more information coming up on our next episode. Absolutely. And we got Drinker's Corner coming up right now. All right, so we are on to our next segment with Miss Lisa Marie. Hi y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I'm not the country's one on this podcast. It's yeah, great. I know. Oh, touche. Um, you are. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Well, we'll have to find out. Yeah, yeah. we will. We'll have to listen back on this. <laughs> well, Lisa Reagan has now joined us for Drinker's Corner, and today we are reviewing uh, one of my favorite, if uh, probably my favorite band in the world, like I said earlier. It's oh, yeah. Dave Matthews Band. Yep. Dave has started his own winery with a winemaker from New Zealand, Sean McKenzie. Okay. Back in 2011, but they started back in 2009 because they were getting grapes from Central uh, Central Coast, California in 2009. So they kind of started making it back then, released it out in 2011, and today we have their Cabernet Sauvignon. I love this wine. It's so easy drinking. You can pair it with anything. It's got blackberry, toasted caramel, plum, dark cherry notes mm-hmm. to it. It's dry, but it's also got a smooth finish at the end you can eat it with any real steak 
even some fish too oddly enough yeah i, I can easily say that it would probably pair with several different great meals out there um I, I might be in a minority uh i i think i would have preferred a little bit more if it was chiller mm-hmm little chilled. Uh, Keep but, the um, ice cubes. Yeah. Red but wine. it was really, really, really good. It is good. really good. I can just drink it straight out of the bottle. Chug a lug. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to. I think we're running low on cups. Uh, just, don't, just don't tell the COVID police. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we're sharing our COVID. Yeah. Well, so this wine is, it's only $12 a bottle. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. They've got Cabernet, Pinot Noir. We've got a Chardonnay, a Rosé, Sauvignon Blanc. One of them that they had back in the day was called Every Day. It was a white blend, which was one of the only white wines I'd ever drank. Hmm. It was a cross between Chardonnay, Rohirsemeiner, and Moscato. So okay. you got all three aspects. You got Moscato is really sweet, Chardonnay really dry, and they used an oaky uh, Chardonnay, so it wasn't so creamy and buttery. And then Rohirsemeiner is a uh, German grape right there in the middle, kind of like a Pinot Noir, but German. You're far more educated when it comes to wines. So, for the people, <laughs> people out there, I actually am a sommelier. I, I got my sommelier license when I was living in Chicago, um, and started and I studied wine for a number of years. Worked as a sommelier in Chicago, helped people pair wine with food and and everything. That's why I might be taking over this. this oh yeah, no, this, 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 this round of the segment. yeah. We're we're gonna change the name of this one from Drinker's Corner to, oh. Drinking with Mikey. Yeah. Drinking with Mikey. <laughs> Drinking Wine with Mikey. dreams. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa, what do you think? Like, you just had it for the first time. It is fabulous. Yeah. I would totally go buy a bottle right now. Probably will on my way home. I mean, you, we can cork. I mean, if we don't finish this, we can cork it up. And you can take it yeah, home. Yeah, I'm going to need more than that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to turn Bob onto it. Oh, Bob would love it. He will. It's a good, easy drinker. Yeah. Bob is Definitely. her man friend. He's my man friend. Man friend. <laughs> We well, don't like to use boyfriend. That's too childish. Well, yeah, he's not a boy. He's a man. He's a man. There you go. He's an it was a boyfriend. older a man. Big, big old, oh, and an older man. Older man. Oh. <laughs> we like them fine and aged like our wine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, you should see the look on Baron's face, right? Oh, uh, staying <laughs> silent on that one. <laughs> well, we got the two, uh, 2018 Cabernet here. Um, it's made in Central Coast, California. So... Around just just north of like Santa Rosa, Paso Robles, uh, Sonoma, Napa, just a little bit north of there. It's funny because it really sounded like you were just speaking Spanish right there. That's all I heard was Spanish. <laughs> so forgive me for not understanding what you were talking about. That's just my good. Those old, are the cities. That's in, my good old Nashville education right there. California yeah. cities. California cities. Oh, I was over there in California. You know, all wines just yeah. come about from California. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the best wines do. And some, well, that's not true. That's Italy, not true. right? And then like Italy has great wines. I mean, I I love a Cotarone. West Australia has some really good. West ones Australia's too. got some good mm-hmm. ones. Chile has Chile. good ones. But I mean, I when it, every day every day drinking wines, California kind of peaks. Oh yeah, a lot of their wines in California, they're the climate's so different than everywhere else in the world that it's super dry. They don't get a whole lot of water, mm-hmm. and that reflects in the soil and in the grape which makes it not as juicy, which mm-hmm. will leave uh, aftertaste. It's r- real dry, kind of bitter to a sense for red wines, and just kind of dies off from there. And this one is just like that. It's, it's, it's very smooth. Very smooth. After a couple of sips, you kind of get that 
dryness on the back of your cheeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is great, especially if you're eating a nice juicy steak or pulled pull pork pasta. Ooh, this would go really well with like a stir fry. Oh, I would, usually like a yes. more peppery wine, like a Zinfandel. Mm-hmm. Or a, if you were on Cab, then a Chilean or South African Cabernet. Those are real peppery and, mm. and real nice. But so one thing about da- uh, Dreaming Tree Wines, yes, Dave Matthews owns it. He is a big wine fanatic. Every one of their shows that you go to, I've been to a number of them. Uh, they've always got little stands that you can buy them by the glass. Go back and do whatever you do in the lawn, which there's some crazy stories there. We might have to have a podcast on, <laughs> on oh, just God. the drinking culture at a Dave Matthews show. I mean, that wine's so good, I'm eyeballing it. We're going to pass that back over oh, no, here. You need to pass you, it you know, around. Oh, I'm sorry. If you're having a great conversation there Yeah, you guys you with guys the wine bottle. Around. Now, are all of them called Dreaming Tree? Yeah, so that's the brand name. That's the that's the brand of them is called okay. Dreaming Tree. They've got their varietal brands like the Cabernet, mm-hmm. Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc. And for those who don't really know what those names mean, those are the actual the grapes that you, they use in it. Right. Yeah. So Cabernet is 100% Cabernet, uh, Cabernet grapes. Mm-hmm. Um, they had one called Every Day, like I said, it was the white wine, mm-hmm. and that was named after one of Dave Matthews' songs called Every Day. Mm-hmm. He branded it as this, this is everyday drinking wine. Mm-hmm. Chill it down, you can drink it every day and be good to go because you won't get sick of it, and you would not get sick of that wine. It was so freaking good. It is good. He probably should have named it Crash because I'm going to pass out after this. Right on. Well, oddly enough, he has one named Crush. Huh. So, back in the old days, how'd you make wine? You put those old German you ladies. You crush them with I mean, your so, feet. Yeah, so I thought you like throw them in a big old tub and you crush them with the feet and everybody you, has a good old hoedown. You, cr- you crush them with <laughs> your feet. That's what it was. You threw, a, you threw out a bluegrass band you had a hoedown in the backyard stomping mm-hmm. on grapes and you made wine. Oh, yeah. Giselda or freaking Greta from Germany is just stomping on. Big old feet. Oh, yeah, I, big old I just feet. knew her as Carol Sue. So oh. maybe a different Carol lady. Carol Sue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Crush is a song by Dave Matthews. And it represented the process of old time breaking down the grapes, but also it was their red blend. So it was a it was a combination of a bunch of different grapes. They had Merlot, Petite Syrah, Cabernet, maybe a little Zinfandel in there. Mm-hmm. So if it's not just a hundred percent one grape, Great. one varietal, then he'll name it after one of his songs. Okay, nice. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's a really really good wine, good drinking wine. I think we've like come close to killing half that bottle. Yes, we oh, have. Yeah, it's, it's halfway gone. Yeah, there'll be none to cork. We just opened it, guys. So no, I got another bottle over there. We're right. definitely about to go off the rails. Nice. Yeah, I didn't know if we we're going to do two bottles or just nothing one, like getting off of work. Well, it depends having on having uh, some wine. Yeah, well, I've had no wine in a while. We're gonna keep drinking on that. Hey, wine's, nobody saw wine's the best. Gonna feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> warm and fuzzy, and it's freezing in here. So I mean, warm oh, and yeah. fuzzy is is nice. It feels great. Well, oh, yeah, compared yeah. to outside, where it's oh, literally hell on earth right And my now. AC's out in my car. Ooh. Good God. Yeah, so if anyone knows a good AC mechanic, hit us up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Put it in the comments. We'll, we'll get it to her. Um, so that's... Like, yeah, drive up the Matatwalk. I got a guy for you. <laughs> All right. All of Manti. Good old Manti. Um, shout out to Manitowoc. My hometown. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so that's that's about all I got. 
On, well, uh, I mean, you were definitely the wine connoisseur when it came into this. Uh, we knew we were going to be traveling between different spirits. We knew yeah, we were going to be every, doing every week beer, we'll do liquors, cordials, wines. We're just going to kind of you know build a broad spectrum of what we're going to be trying and testing out. Uh, and so, wine is definitely um, that's in your wheelhouse. Outside of mine, but damn it, I'll still drink it. That's Hell right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, let's get on to our newest segment, which is the reason why this country girl is here. <laughs> country me, I don't care what anybody says. Listen to the recording. She's country country I am. <laughs> You're not the country girl I was talking about. <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> well, this about one's called eyelashes uh, at you now. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some pretty eyelashes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, this one's called Slingers of Music City or Slingers of Nashville. Or How are we going to Slingers of M- Music City? Slingers, because we got artists of Music City. Yeah. Cool. And we got Lisa Reagan here. Hello, y'all. Why don't you tell a little bit about yourself, where you're from? Well, I am from Atlanta, Georgia, originally. I moved from there in 2007, moved to Tampa, Florida, where, you know, I started working in a lot of dive bars. Never worked in a dive bar in Atlanta. It was always chains. Then I decided, well, I'm going to try the dive bars. That's where I found my niche. Mm-hmm. I love them. I can tell them when to f*** off <laughs> and throw them out and all that good stuff, and I don't get any trouble for it. Uh, you got to love the dive bars. Your local, your local neighborhood dive bars is the place you really want to be at, especially if you're in the industry because good people are going to be in there and good people stay good people even when they get lit. And, uh, you know, the riffraff that comes in, they're going to come and go. That's and right. all it takes is them to have this little ginger over here go off on one good time, and <laughs> that's it. I've seen her. I'm yell. a little feisty. I've seen her yell at people. And I'm scared. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm little, but I'm feisty. Yeah. Well, how long have you? Uh, how long have you been in the industry? Twenty-two years. Good lord, Mikey, that's older than you. Almost. I'm a little older. I will be 41 in August. I actually started at a little pizzeria joint in Hapeville, Georgia. Not hate, but Hapeville. Um, called Johnny's New York Style Pizza. I was 17, and the owner thought I was 18. So they decided to let me go ahead and serve. Didn't ask me for ID or anything, just assumed. And then my grandmother walks in on my 18th birthday with a happy 18th birthday cake. <laughs> they awesome. were shitting oh. themselves. That is no. awesome. What was the place called? <laughs> Johnny's New York Style Pizza. Is it still open? <laughs> oh, yeah. there's a, It's a chain. Oh. Um, so I was like, well, <laughs> I guess there's um, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been 17 the whole time. But so it was just mainly a beer and a wine bar, and I wanted to pursue more. So I started, you know, at a fancy a five-star bar on Virginia Avenue and just decided to work my way up, and then I ended up at dive bars, and that's where I've been ever since. Oh, yeah. I don't think I would ever go back into a chain restaurant. No, there's a lot of more of uh, rules and regulations. Yes, and I'm not about those rules and regulations. No. Yeah. How do you act with the customer? I gave up the corporate life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not corporate. Yeah, not a big fan of the corporate life. There's just there's too much BS that goes along with it, and not enough money that you're going to bring out of usually at the end of the night. (laughs) You have Um, your regulars at the dive bars, and they take really good care of you. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I definitely because I've been frequenting mainly just dive bars for I would say probably the last ten years or so. And like those are the places where 
you know, Christmas comes around, like, not only are you probably going to get a lot of a, an extra tip, but heck, I'm probably making something, probably going to bring you a gift because you're family. Yes. Mm-hmm. And family. when you're in those dive bars, I mean, those family. bartenders are family. <laughs> they yeah. are very that much. That is your family. And they're your counselor as well because I definitely know that uh, Ms. Reagan has been my counselor more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I am an underpaid therapist. Yes. Yeah. Highly underpaid <laughs> therapist. That That is typically the job of a bartender is being just a highly underpaid therapist for most people. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And, I mean, you're still writing scripts. It's mm-hmm. just... Instead of, you know, so Xanax, it's, it's Jameson. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That works for me. You want two shots? <laughs> All right. You'll feel better in a minute. Yeah, honey. absolutely. Uh, so what are your favorite things about the job that's kept you in the industry for this long? Just meeting different people, the money. Um, I love the people <laughs> I work with. I love my family. It's like when I moved to Florida, I knew no one. And I started working at a dive bar and everyone welcomed me in with open arms. Mm-hmm. No question asked. Um, they made fun of my accent a little bit, of course, because, you know, yeah. little country down there. There's no accent in Florida because there's no one from there. Yeah. Well, so I, well, kind of like I worked at a now. dive bar for about three years, and I have, still to this day, this is over 10 years ago, I still have a very good bit of people down there that I call my family. I still mm. see periodically, even though I'm in Tennessee, we travel to meet each other. My favorite part is just the craziness and... Um, it's it's just a totally different world than the you know the um, corporate world. Yeah, it's definitely well, not like a normal job. No, no, it's definitely not. You, I've seen so many things. I've gotten my first bar fight was actually at a little dive bar called Cocktails in Newport Ritchie, Florida. Well, that's actually <laughs> going to lead into my next question. Um, what's the craziest <laughs> thing you've seen in the workplace? Oh God, Bear. I know, Baron. There are so many things. I know. I, could I know. Write a I've book. seen crazy things. And if I write a book, it's going to be called As the Keg Turns. Oh, that is awesome. As the what? As, As the, the Keg, keg turns. turns. That's an awesome title. You know, I mean, I it's, have it's so the bar many. So, it's a bar freaking So back opera. to my bar fight. I had two. I'm the only one there. There's no one there but me running the bar. Like we have cameras, and they're probably watching from home because they have nothing better else to do with their life. Mm-hmm. So that is, you know... They watch the cameras, and that's their reality show is the bar. Mm-hmm. So I had two guys getting into a fight. I could see it getting heated, and then they started fighting, and I decided I'm going to take it upon myself to break it up because nobody else is there to help me, and all my customers are drunk. So I'm like, no, don't get involved. So I go over and grab the bar stool that has really little thin bars down the middle of it, the back of it, mm-hmm. and my hand gets kicked with the bar stool. Oh, God. And it breaks Ooh. my hand. My left hand. I mean, my I got the shitty end of the deal. Oh, yeah. Both of those guys. They had a few hits on them, but I got the shitty end of the deal, so I made both of them pay for my hospital bill. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I had a broken hand. Worked for two weeks before I even went to the doctor. Oh, God. Because I thought it was just spraying really bad, and it wasn't getting any better. Mm. So that right there... Um, I've, I've had... I've worked in so many different dive bars. I mean, where do I start? Side note, if uh, the listeners out there are wondering what that rumbling is, we have a band right next door rehearsing. I'm going to do my best to edit it. Edit sound pretty good, yeah. though. They're, they're practicing their new single, We Don't Give a F***. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to bleep that last part <laughs> out. We neighbor. don't give a f- about you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was at Newport Ritchie? That was at Newport Ritchie Bar called Cocktails. Man. It's no longer wow. there. Yeah, oh. I mean, I've definitely seen <laughs> drunken violence in a bar. I don't oh, yeah. think I've ever seen... A bartender get injured in it. Oh yeah, um, it's happened all the Unless it's been, unless it was like, you know, that one bartender named Bubba. that's like six four, <laughs> three hundred fifty pounds, ready to whoop ass. Well, I wish I would have had um, one of those. Yeah, you know, or you know, or your neighborhood Eric. 
Just like, hey, throw them out there and just let that happen. My neighborhood Feezy. Yeah, that would have have solved the problem right there. Feezy is someone that we work with. But I even get into, I even have to break up bar fights at the neighborhood bars I don't even work at. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just. I mean, you did did that two weeks ago. I did that two weeks ago. One of my best friends, we were just standing outside talking. Then all of a sudden, some guy comes up to him and chokes him out and takes him to the ground. And nobody is trying to help. And little old me, I'm like, there's 20 men standing around because it's a biker dude. They're scared shitless. I'm like, I don't even care. So I start choking the biker dude and trying to get him off my friend because I'm not going to watch my friend get hurt. I don't care. But I still have a broken arm as well. From my accident four months ago. Yeah, you so, got yeah, I'm trying my damnedest, and yeah, I'm looking yeah. at them, and I'm like, okay, you bunch of pussies. Can you not <laughs> help? Okay? Don't yeah. be afraid. Yeah, you got in a pretty bad car accident. Yes, I did. Yeah. So, <sighs> lesson learned. Your female bartenders are the toughest sons, SLBs you're going to find don't in Don't let our size. That, that big guy standing at the door, don't worry about him. Worry about that right. female bartender back there. You need to worry there. about the female bartenders. He's climb on you like a spider monkey. It doesn't matter what size I am. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're wild, especially the redhead. Be careful. Ooh, fiery. Very, very fiery. Fire in the hole. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I know too much about that. All right, so being in the bar, being in the industry, drinking so much, and uh-huh. we'll keep passing that bottle of wine around. That's right. Thank you very much. What would you say your favorite drink is? My favorite drink? Yeah, your, your go-to. You go to a place. I already know this one. Well, so you do. I don't. Well, it used to be Jameson, then Fireball, and then now Mango Habanero. Uh, yep. Yeah, our good old smoky whiskey. It's our, very good. Our good old boy Richie got us turned on to that. Little heat, little sweet. You might feel that second burn the next day. I can't. But it's worth it. I can't blame you on that one because, <laughs> damn it, I can't touch it no more. But I loved it. I loved every last Do, bit of it. Does mango not habanero not describe Lisa perfectly? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a mango. She's sweet, but man. She's sweet, but she'll bite you. I will. It takes a lot. Yeah. But she'll, I will. She'll either be angry no, or happy, and she'll bite you either way. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you're a staunch McAlter drinker. I am. I'm not too big on, you know, the crafty beers. I will try them just mm. to give it a try. I do not like sour beers. Hate okay. Them. Hate yeah. sour beers. It just does not set right with me. I Co- like porters. A couple of weeks ago, she came in the bar, and the three of us were in the kitchen. She was like, why the f*** isn't there any McAlter in the cooler? <laughs> I'm like, oh, calm down, crazy woman. I've got them on, my, on ice in the back. <laughs> I know. Worry. Fingers. That's the bar I, I work at, and they don't have my beer in yeah. the cooler. Of course I'm going to freak I, I don't out. Know how many times I came in there when we were still open, I was like, no banquet again? Again, again? But that wasn't on you guys. That was on distributors. The distributors were out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which like makes no sense. We even went to a place. Now, something that should have clicked in my mind, too, when we went to... Oh, um, yeah. Oh, God. Don't, don't tell me the name of it. Last week. Yeah. Last week's episode. We went, we visited a restaurant here in Nashville. And Something they pub. had a... Yeah, screw it. I don't care. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Germantown Pub. Germantown Pub. Germantown oh, Pub. Never um, catfish bites are delicious. Pretzels are good. Pretzels are good. And they had a shot special. They had a beer and shot special. Like, I think one of the beers they offered was Coors Banquet. And, of course, one of the shots they offered was Jameson. It was for eight bucks. Nice. A beer it's and a shot You can't get bucks. that in Germantown anywhere. Yeah. No. I mean, hell, you can't get that in pretty much most places no. in Nashville anywhere. You can't get that at Redline. No, yeah. a shot of Jameson's <laughs> is eight bucks. I yeah, mean. it's going to be eight bucks. I mean, that's for the shot of whiskey yeah. by itself. So I was really excited about that. I was like, man, until I can get a beer and a shot of whiskey I'm for there. the price of just a shot of whiskey mm-hmm. all day. Um, that's why we kind of jokingly thought that the name should be changed from Germantown Pub to uh, Pregame. Pregame, they were I so like close it. to Nashville, that kind of special. You call yeah. it Pregame. Oh, yeah. we're So we're going to end up opening a bar called Pregame. I'm down just for it. Just appetizers. 
Yep, appetizers, and beer, and so up next to a stadium somewhere. Yeah. Well, my bar was going to be called Just One More. Ooh. That was going to be the bar. I almost bought a bar in Florida, but my kids were young, and I didn't want that to be my life, even though my life was the bar. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it just makes the ambulance and cops are waiting outside. Yeah, just, just one, one more. more. Just one. That's famous last words. <laughs> I'll have mm-hmm. just one more. Give me just one more. I'm going to cash out with you, and then that's ain't on you. Well, Sleeping you in a doghouse. Well, answer this carefully. Uh-oh. Do you have a favorite place you've worked? Yes, I do. Is it the one that I also work at? No, it's not. Damn it. That's one of my favorite places, but my favorite place is called O'Manon's Irish Pub, and it's in Bristol, Tennessee, and it is the best bar ever. They don't play country music, which is amazing because I hate country (laughs) music. I know my accent, but I hate it. They play bluegrass, jazz. Oh, heck yeah. And rock, and that's it. And if you ever get a chance and you're in Bristol, it's on State Street. It's called O'Manon's Irish Pub. Family-owned, the nicest people ever. If I go back there just to visit, as I walk in the door, I get served a tray of Jaeger bombs because that's what we used to drink. Oh, my God. Many years ago, but they were $3 Jaeger bombs. Oh, wow. I mean, that's on, I mean, right there, college towns. You could not go there and get shit-faced. Dollar beer night on Sunday, $3 Jaeger bomb. I'd walk out with at least five or $600 in tips, but we only got one Sunday apiece because it was only fair to all the bartenders. My stomach is turning right now. Uh, really? My brain is turning. I want to go to Bristol. You do. And, <laughs> oh, I can't do Jaeger. And I mean, they well, have I don't like. I want to do Jaeger, but man, dude, yeah, dollar beer? No, really? yes. But well, the, I'll do dollar beer with all that. Yes, but they have like an upstairs called the loft, which is where they do the jazz and the blues and the bands, open mic night. Um, downstairs is just darts and jukebox. And then outside is a tiki bar with another band stage and a bar, um, sand, pits, and everything. It's amazing. So, how big is Bristol? Bristol's not very big. Like, they're state This is street. the only bar in Bristol. No. <laughs> you, have, you have bars on Virginia side, and you have bars on Tennessee side. So the bars on Virginia side close at 2. We stayed open till 3.30. Uh-huh. So we would get our biggest hit between 2.30 and 3. People crossing the yes, border. Yes, people were caught. And you would see the cops on one side of the street, Virginia and Tennessee, just waiting. So depending uh-huh. on what side you turned, you might be screwed. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That was the best place. And then the owner also owned a little breakfast restaurant around the corner called Sunnyside Up. So all of us would be shit-faced going over to Sunnyside Up. And it was only open from midnight to 6 a.m. Oh. Yes, because it catered to all the bar people coming out of the bar. That's smart. Yes. That's super smart. That was amazing. Now, did the bar serve food as well? Oh, yes. The bar served food. Now, and then Sunnyside Up got their liquor license. Oh. Ha-ha, <laughs> yes. Oh. So, like, you can say, bar <laughs> shut down. I probably need to get something yes. in my stomach. Oh, screw it. We're going to switch over to mimosas. Yes. That works. That Absolutely. Works. Oh, the best at place. at five in the morning. Yes. <laughs> God, we're talking about mimosas at three in the morning, four in the morning. But it, that was one of my favorite places. Heck, yeah. That sounds like an awesome place. You can't be mm-hmm. mad at that one. No. That sounds like a legit that, that sounds awesome mm-hmm. place. You said it was an Irish bar? It's an Irish pub. It's an Irish pub. Mm-hmm. I love myself some good Irish pub. Oh, Manon's. Oh, Manon's. Did they have, like... Like good. It's Irish. just bar food. No, bar we didn't food. even have Irish food. We just had oh. bar food. No, I, I the owner's meat. name is Manning, so he called it O'Manons. Oh, O'Manons, because it's on Main Street. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought about opening up a strip club and calling it O'Barons. There you go, Baron. Oh, Baron. Barons. <laughs> I was running joke for years. I thought everybody wanted to jump in on that one. Um, all right. That's clever as hell. Um, 
So as a bartender, you make and sling multiple different drinks from multiple different liquors and cordials. What is your least favorite drink to make? The lemon drop. Really? Just oh, we because, talked about that last week. Just because, yeah. you know, I mean, some people just make it as is, but I make mine special. So you mm. got to squeeze the lemon, the sugar, and it, it just takes time. Right. Oh, wait, no, I didn't talk about you. I, I talked with someone else about that last week. It just takes a lot of time. Other than that, I mean, I'm I'm fine with making them. It's just, though, but you've got to do, it's, it's handcrafted the way I make mine. I could just yeah. pour it out of the bottle and call it a day. Yeah. But then it wouldn't be our, you know, a unique so that drop. that's What do you all put in it, then? I put triple sec sugar, fresh squeezed lemon, and it depends on, you know, what vodka. Some people have their preference. I usually use Deep Eddie's lemon. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, absolute citron, anything citrus I would use. Mm. And then I just put it all in the shaker and I shake it up. I don't want to do the whole sugar rim crap. So yeah. I just yeah. put it all in there and shake it up and put the lemon on the side. Yeah, I'm okay without the war. I'm okay without the sugar. Mm-hmm. I'm straight up just uh, citron if they have it or some lemon vodka, sour, triple sec, shake it up, rim with sugar and put a lemon on top. There you go. I mean, it's super easy. My only lemon drop is uh, a shot of Jameson and then drinking a swig of Purity Lemonade afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Kill it all. That's why I call it lemon drop. <laughs> At least works for me. All right. Uh, so the next question, I think you already kind of answered. I was going to ask how you handle unruly customers. And obviously with, you know, broken limbs, you just go out there and whoop ass. I do. Um, is there any other way of de-escalating a situation that you would use in a bar or... Is it just, hey, my way or the highway? It's pretty much my way or the highway. I can accept that. Um, I've had people fighting right out in front of my well, so I just take the water gun and squirt them down because that catches their attention and makes them stop sometimes. (laughs) Oh, I've done that Oh, so you treat them like a puppy to aim them Yeah, I mean, I've done so many, (laughs) so many techniques. Like a cat that's shitting the floor. Just, ah, I mean, you got (laughs) to, sometimes you got to know how to talk to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to piss them off, and you don't want to get them even more mad. Yeah, right. Well, but sometimes they're just too gone that it just doesn't matter. I'm just going to kick them the fuck out, and then that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and usually when I kick them the fuck out, it's done for at least thirty days. We have a, a regular that is used to being kicked out thirty days, every thirty days, and then his girlfriend will call in and beg for him to come back. No. Do we know? Do we know this? Person? We do know this person. Is it the person that I? Okay. Do I know this person? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's okay. That's kind of who I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. yes. We so go you way like, back. Do I know this person? I was like, we go way back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. you guys have some fun conversations. But you know, it's you mostly and- men that I have to kick out. I've had to kick out a woman one time, and she waited for me after work. Oh. Geez. And beat on the door after we closed it down, want me to come out there because she was going to, you know, show me a thing or two. Mm. And I'm just laughing at her because she's shit-faced. And finally, I just call the cops and they come carry her away, kicking and screaming. But she seriously was going to wait on me to get out of work. Yeah, that's the scary part about it, especially if you're running like a dive bar that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have a bouncer. Hopefully, you're in a dive bar that doesn't require a bouncer because people are going to act like they have some type of freaking sense even when they get drunk. Um, but... That's really scary when you're in a situation where somebody, and I think nine times out of ten, it's probably a situation where you cut somebody off. It is. That needs to be cut mm-hmm. off. And now they're ticked off because you done cut them off, and they want to continue drinking, so they decided, hey, I'm just going to sit here and lose my mind. Because for some reason, me losing my mind on you is going to convince you that I do need another drink. Absolutely. I've, and- I've kicked a number of people out. The most recent one was at Redline. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was... 
Oh, shit, what was her name? You know her. You, you can finish that bottle. Um, <laughs> we'll what was her name? Whatever, doesn't uh, matter. Uh, but the she, no name lady. She lit a bowl. Oh at the God! Bar. Yeah, and you know, I've heard this. She lit one. a bowl at the yeah, bar. There's yeah, there's been a little string of people wanting to think they can come up there and just like, oh, everybody's super you know chill who here. This is too. I, I can see oh, here I'm and like, sure. you know, yeah. smoke some marijuana in oh. here, and it's all yeah, fine and dandy. Take that shit out back, and then oh. turn around, and look at them, and say, huh? What? Oh, I see, yeah, I see I her doing, doing the whole motion, and I'm like, I've only seen that motion in private. Uh-huh. I walk up to her and see what the hell's going on. And so I'm like, what you guys doing? It's kind of like, a stupid smirk on my face. She's like, nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm like, what's that in your hand? Mm. And then not even trying to uh, hide it, puts it in her other hand. Nothing. And shows me the empty hand. I'm like, <laughs> I literally are just watched. Are we going to play guess which hand You must in. have already hit that because you're an idiot right now. Yeah. I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, just take I'm, it outside like I do. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, just like the majority of all patrons that come to specified bar, you've been saying, hey, I'm gonna drop it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I already said it. Yeah. Well. Um. But yeah, I'm like, you guys. I mean, either give it to me, finish your drinks, and leave. Yes. Or just you have to leave right. You now. can't do yeah. that in the bar. And she was like, well. Can I just hold on to it? I promise I won't do it anymore. I'm like, no, I, I don't trust I, you. No, no. I, don't, I don't care. And you fed up once, gotta go. Yeah, so like, you guys need to close your tabs. I'll let you finish your drinks. You got two minutes to finish your drinks, and then you have to leave. And I literally go to the table right behind them, stand there, and stare at them. Mm. And the one time I looked away, sure enough, they're like, light it up again. And I'm like, all right, time to go. Yeah. <laughs> Don't care anymore. How stupid can you See, be? like, and that's one of the reasons why, one, I can't be in management again. Out and two, I can't be a police officer. <laughs> I want to talk to everybody like I'm their damn daddy. Of like, let me explain how ignorant your dumb ass is. Right. right? And I, I'll end up smart. going on that rant of like, okay, so you decided to bring in a legal substance inside of a bar in a state where this is not legal to have and then still smoking in front of me and think that it's okay. Yeah, how stupid can you be? And like, that didn't like cross your mind in the least bit, right? Okay. All right. Well, you're just an idiot. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's. I, I definitely couldn't have done that. Um, honestly, I've probably been an asshole to step over and say, motherfuckers, what's wrong with y'all? Like, right? go, you're supposed to go to the bathroom. Go, Follow go me. Outside. I'll show you where you're supposed to go. <laughs> no, you don't want to go in the bathroom. You want to go outside. Yeah. like so. Outside. Well, you're going to deal with idiots in the industry all over the place. I think it's just something that's going to be inevitable. Um, okay. Well, I think the last question I personally have for you is, can you share with us? And you may have actually already done it. But your favorite drink, your favorite mixed drink, could you share that recipe with us? Of how, because every bartender has their own take on every drink. Yes, I can. Something okay. you made up or... A, it's a, called a knock me down and fuck me. Jesus. And it's a nine liquor drink. <laughs> it's my love. Nine liquors? Nine liquors. And, you, and I used to have these college kids walk up to me in the bar and they'd be like, I want one of your drinks. I'm like, well, what's it called? You have to say it. And they're like, a knock me down and fuck me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Two of those, you're fucked. It's nine liquors. It's a cross between an Alabama Slammer, a Kamikaze, and a Long Island Tea. Jesus. Oh, my God. Yes. Go ahead. What, what is in this knock so me down and fuck me? So you've got vodka, rum, gin, triple sec, tequila, um, Southern Comfort. Whoa. You can either use blue carousel or razzmatazz, depending on what color you want. Um, slow gin fizz, 
and peach schnapps. So there's nine. Who still And it tastes like fruit punch. And it tastes like fruit punch. Literally, I mean, I'll put the juices, pineapple, orange juice, grenadine, and a splash of Sprite, and it tastes just like fruit punch. And those kids love it. Like, I won't drink that shit. It's too sweet for me, but I made it up. I mean. How much quantity of each? Half ounce? um, No, I do a quarter because there's nine. Yeah, I'm like. Yeah, a quarter each. um, But I won't even drink that shit. It's terrible, but they love it. Young college kids love it. I mean, anything well, yeah, sugary it, it, and sweet. You're giving them a, a glass of jungle juice. Yeah, like, and it tastes like fruit punch, and they're all <laughs> f***ed up. So I'm like, hey, and it was a $9 drink for nine liquors, you know? And I sold the f*** out of it.